0: Thank you
1: Welcome back to the History Mysteries podcast with me Lisa.
0: Hello I'm Jim I'm here too.
1: Wow that that was not the best start that we've ever done. Yeah you can tell that it's been some time since we've done this because we're very out of practice. (laughs) Um, Why have we been gone for so long Jim?
0: Uh, Life. Life. Life has intervened. Um, Lots of of things going on, lots of changes. Um, We've both got new jobs although i am still an archaeologist um various family matters and the fact the sheer fact that the episodes as we were recording them the deep dive history mysteries were they take a lot of research they take a lot of um lot of effort to record and to do
1: them justice
0: absolutely these these are important things and we were just struggling so we've had to take a little break
1: yeah I also have, um, I have ME, which means that I have to sleep for like 12 hours a day. So the amount of time that I have to <laughs> juggle things is limited. So anyway, what are we going to do instead? Well,
0: we, we rammed our thinking caps firmly on our head and we're trying to figure out a way of keeping going, keeping content coming out.
1: Because we love it.
0: Yeah, we, we do. Um, and in many ways, getting you more content more regularly but preserving our sanity
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, what small threads are still left
0: yeah so we have a plan we have a we have what we think is a great plan so we're going to be recording and releasing episodes in cycles of three to give us more time yeah so episode one of a cycle the first one we are going to be doing a well, we need a good title for it, but how accurate is that film?
1: Yeah. So, say, taking a historical film, a film that is based in something from history, a mystery, some archaeology, and actually talking about how accurate it is.
0: Yeah, sort of dissecting the main the main tropes, the key areas, and seeing, seeing <laughs> is Ruining. that a fact, yeah. or did they make that up?
1: Ruining our childhood. Yeah,
0: yeah that's what we should call it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, history mysteries ruins your childhood um the second episode in each cycle will be an in the news yeah, episode which we
1: have done before
0: we did uh, i think it was the last episode uh yeah, before the break well, actually well um it was it was good fun it's something perhaps i'll am t- gonna take more of a lead on looking at yes please <laughs> new developments in in the world of history, new mysteries, solving old mysteries, thing, just getting everyone up to date, and I may also sneak in a little, how bad is Lisa's geography quiz? Because I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, because I enjoyed it so much too.
0: <laughs>
1: I did pretty well, actually.
0: You did, you did I really did pretty well. well. Yeah. On that one. Um, and the third episode in each cycle will be the traditional deep dive into a history mystery. So yeah. very like uh, the earlier the earlier episodes where the, we will pick an area or we have had some suggestions as well from we listeners. Um, and again, I mean, that may end up like the Dyatlov Pass uh, saga being <laughs> spread over more than one episode, but that, that will be the cycle effectively. We'll be looking at ruin your childhood film In the news, and then a deep dive, episode one or two episodes on a specific subject.
1: Yep, that's what we're going to do, guys. So, this episode is a... Historical film. It is well, indeed. it's upso- well, it's totally. It, not, is, is it historical? Is well, it really a historical well, that's film? Literally, well, the question
0: we're going to be aiming to answer.
1: We decided to watch a film that we both love, and is the reason. That Well, it is. I'm just not even going to lie. It's the reason that I did archaeology at university. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: Yeah. Raiders March is still one of the best bits of film music ever. It
1: is. So, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, bit of indie for your viewing pleasure. Or, A bit of it, Harrison. Or audio pleasure. Touch audio of the Harrisons, pleasure. yeah. Okay, so we're not going to actually do a blow-by-blow review of Indiana Jones because, frankly, it's awesome. What more do I need to say about that as far as a review goes? And this has been done so many times on podcasts. We are looking at the history. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at basically the sort of the tropes of the film and then go into how real are those. So, Jim... Mm Mm-hmm. If I say Raiders of the Lost Ark, what do you instantly think of? I think
0: Nazis.
1: Nazis. Yes, we will be talking about Nazis, so hold your horses on that one. Okay, I will will... have a little... Well, actually, I will mention Nazis and then I'm going to absolutely judge your knowledge about Nazis. Uh,
0: Egypt, obviously.
1: Yep, we will be also looking at Egypt. Great.
0: Um...
1: The Nazis in Egypt, basically. How realistic is all of this, and how realistic is the portrayal yeah. of the fight, the discovery?
0: Very much so. Yeah. Uh, giant balls.
1: <laughs> giant balls. I, you know what? I'm going to mention giant balls for you. Just nice. for you, Jim. I shall mention your giant balls. Um, and
0: of course, the Ark of the Covenant, the MacGuffin that drives the story.
1: Yeah. So we can look at that as well. I would definitely say booby traps.
0: Yeah, giant balls.
1: So, yeah, giant balls, but in the whole giant ball thing, I'm going to say generally
0: booby traps. Booby
1: traps. Uh um, It's a
0: major part of the entire franchise really, isn't it? And it's sort of all its spiritual successors like the tomb raider and things like that. It's the idea of the daft booby traps that that you in ancient tombs and things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm think we'll probably sort of start with Booby.
0: Traps, yeah, well, that's actually, that's where the film that's, starts. That's <laughs> where the film
1: starts. Well, actually, no. Let's be honest. The film doesn't start there. The film starts by showing you how dreadful Indiana Jones is as an archaeologist. But you know, that's.
0: I don't. Yeah. Okay. So, let's just address it very quickly, right very up front. Quickly, yes. He's not a very good archaeologist. He's a tomb robber.
1: He's a tomb robber, swashbuckling adventurer.
0: Yeah, he's he's an L Ryder Haggard character. He is not an archaeologist, as we appreciate it. No. Which we were distressed to find when we arrived at university.
1: Yes, I was hoping that there was going to be more finding maps and finding lost pieces of maps and lost tome journals and so on. And it's more, don't shower for a week and get really grubby and look for post
0: Yeah, and slowly dig soil with a spoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... Very much less exciting yeah. than. It or makes then, sound. then you
0: become a commercial archaeologist like me and realise it's ninety percent standing in the rain in a <laughs> field watching a digger dig a hole. Yeah,
1: <laughs> diggy diggy hole. <laughs> so yeah, Indian Jones is the worst of colonial archaeology. Yeah, let's go destroy someone else's past for our material gain. Woo!
0: It belongs in a museum.
1: But does it S- does really? It? Does it really? <laughs> I think it probably belongs in the temple that yeah. is or or at the
0: very least if it belongs in their museum. Their museum, not, museum, yours. not our
1: museum. <laughs> anyway, but we still love it and we still yeah. love him. So this it's a film. Yeah, this it's is great. this
0: isn't an indie bash, it's just a, A a mild correction, if anyone who thought that was (laughs) what archaeology is really like. It's kind of, it's
1: a message to all teenagers um, who think that going, think that they're going to go to a university to study archaeology because they want to be like Indiana Jones. Yeah, do something else. Or (laughs) or
0: indeed are taught by someone as handsome as young Harrison Ford. Doesn't happen either. That doesn't happen either. No.
1: Yeah. Old men wearing jumpers inside out and back to front, more likely. Yeah. Okay, so, (laughs) bit rambly. But let's move on. Booby traps. How accurate are booby traps? Do you think, Jim?
0: Um, I suspect that they are <laughs> not as depicted within the film. Well, I've hedged my bets quite hedging, a lot there. <laughs> you are hedging,
1: and drum roll. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, booby traps. Yeah, traps do exist. Of course, they exist. That's mm-hmm. you know, we we know that there are things holding up big piles of rocks from history and yeah you know playing far too much skyrim no no that's not history is it
0: no but anyway
1: um yeah there are traps so i need to
0: get out the sign that says skyrim is not history <laughs> skyrim
1: is not history <laughs> yes there are traps traps do exist death traps
0: mm-hmm. not so much okay
1: well as far as i could find and as far as you know The Smithsonian and various actual archaeologists, (laughs) reputable
0: sources, I could
1: find. Like, sorry to disappoint you guys, but they don't exist. As far as being an archaeologist goes, I'm quite glad about that.
0: Yeah, it's useful. Useful to know.
1: Useful to know that you aren't going to probably get a
0: giant spike through (laughs) the midriff.
1: Yeah, be crushed by a ball. Yeah. So let's talk about your balls. Let's talk about your balls. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yes. They archaeologists have found giant balls, like in the depiction of mm-hmm. the rolly ball at the start yeah. of Ark. However, they are not rolly balls, they're static balls, and they're usually carved in, and sort of inscribed. They've got pictograms on them and so on. And, and it very much looks like they're in some kind of alignment to do with the calendar.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're more if if they represent any protection at all, they are more like a ritual barrier or something. Yeah. Than than a, a like a pinball track.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. They're not. They're not that.
0: Okay. Which yeah. is
1: kind of sad, but no. Okay. So I did some research and have got four examples of. Ooh! Yeah. So when I looked through, generally speaking, if you type in booby traps, you get. So much information. And you're like, this is a- amazing. Yeah. Loads of information about booby traps. Wow, they do exist. Oh, no, I'm on an Indiana Jones fan site. And that is pretty <laughs> much how I spent yeah, my okay. time, is going through and being like, no, this is actually just based on the films. Nope. Nope. So that, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you end up in Reddit, down a Reddit hole. And it's just, it's, it's hard to find actual facts. Archaeologists generally say, no. Death traps don't exist, and from my you know brief dive, I can absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. But do you agree? So the first one that I found was the tomb of Amenhotep III.
0: Okay, yeah. So
1: he is the ninth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty. Important guy. Yeah, we're talking 1386 to 1349 BCE. So standard Egyptian shenanigans. So his tomb ended in a room that was decorated and contained a collection of various treasures. So pretty standard for yeah. Egyptian tombs, I would guess. That Sounds like it. Yep. So you go into you go into a tomb or Robbie and you go, Hey, we've found it. Oh, it looks like it's already been robbed because mm. it's an empty sarcophagus i suspect whatever, i know where this is going and you take maybe what little there is and you hightail it out however behind a false wall is the actual passageway that leads to the actual heart of the tomb mm-hmm. that's standard not really a trap no in any way
0: but it is it is very typical of uh, sort of like the ideas of Egyptian construction, certainly old kingdom in the pyramids, <clears throat> new kingdom in their tombs, the idea that there's false rooms, false corridors yeah. it's about just um tricking rather than trapping
1: so we've had um so false so false walls, false mm. corridors, what else could there be a false one
0: of eyes,
1: yes, false eyes, lots of glass,
0: <laughs> false legs. <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't know. Yes, <laughs> you're going down the pirate route again. This yeah, is not yeah. where we are. False floors. False floors. Yes. Okay. okay. Apparently, there was a false floor concealing a six meter, which is twenty feet. That was, um, yeah. it's fairly decent. Well, it's fairly decent size. So it's it,
0: depth. Yeah. Wow.
1: Six meters deep. A trap. Yeah. So just a big deep pit.
0: Big hole in the ground. I mean, there's a reason it's a classic.
1: Yeah. So no pointy sticks at the bottom of it but a big pit that if you fell in you would likely break
0: it breaks some form of your lower limbs (laughs) and you would
1: really hope that you're there with a bud who would help you get out otherwise you're just going to be a corpse it didn't say that anyone had been found in it Mm -hmm. so i don't know whether it was still intact or whether it was it wasn't yeah i couldn't find that information however there was one Pretty cool.
0: That's cool. It's yeah. a trap. It is. It's it's a down downy trap.
1: It is the a simplest. Trap. It is an, it is an admiral Akbar indeed. So <laughs> the next one is Mexico, uh, the tomb of the Red Queen of Palenque, which is um, was the rule of the Sanguine Maya.
0: Okay,
1: Maya, Maya, Maya. Maya. I say it wrong first every time and then correct myself. So. That's okay. Yeah, Fine. Um, <laughs> so that's around 650 AD. This complex, it's two vast temples protected by the false floors with the pits and so forth. When you get inside the main chamber, the sarcophagus with the bones and all of the jade jewellery and so on had been painted red with cinnabar.
0: Oh, hence Red Queen, I presume that's why it's named.
1: I'm assuming so. I don't know whether. uh, See, this is the whole thing about the kind of. When something is named like Sanguine Maya. Did that name come from evidence that was written that they called themselves something yeah, to do with it, blood? is it or from was their it, language
0: or is it, yeah. it,
1: Was it a name that Wait, was it, given? Is it the because, Latin
0: root of blood yeah, sanguice? Yeah. Was it
1: the name, I mean. It,
0: that the Spaniards ascribe oh, to them. Yes, yeah.
1: It's like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Badly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but basically, yes, anyway. Cinnabar, do you know anything about I Cinnabar? Know.
0: I know nothing about cinnabar.
1: Okay, so cinnabar is mercury-based. Oh, is, okay. Like, it is red, sort of a powder. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's a powdery rock mm-hmm. that is. Yeah, so it's mercury-based. So it is a neurotoxin.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Okay, so you're not going to want to lick it. No. I imagine <laughs> you're not going to want to do anything like that. So it's there. It's there, and everything that I've read is the idea that it was a trap. However.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was it just a decoration?
0: Yeah, you see, I mm, I I I'm not very sold on the idea of that being a I'm trap. I'm
1: not sold on that being a trap because it seems like a really stupid one because it's not going to make you instantly sick. It's not like it's going to kill you as soon as you touch no, it. No, it's not biological it warfare or anything like that. It's not like you open it up and poof anthrax. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> Yes, what? I know
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Okay.
1: Yes. He's rubbing his head like, "Oh god, I can't find." <laughs> but it it makes sense to me that it was a form of de- it was a form of decoration, in the same mm. way that in the Egyptian tombs a uh, a mask, a gold mask was put on the mummy. It makes sense that there was kind of all the jewels and then the painting and the decorating of her. Yeah. In a sort of a ritualistic Manner.
0: Indeed, we've got in here in Britain. There was uh, there's a very famous partial burial from basically the last Ice Age, the later Paleolithic, called the Red Lady of Paviland.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Turns out was a man, I think. (laughs) I'm I'm dredging something here that I haven't read about in a long time, but he slash she was so called because the bones had been covered with red ochre. Okay. As a as a decorative, yeah, uh, as a, some kind of ritual to do with whether a funerary ritual or whatever, yeah. but yeah.
1: So that makes more sense to me that it was to do with that's to do with decoration than being put there as mm. a booby trap. Yeah. But it is da- it is dangerous, you know, yeah. I'm not it's, saying it's an, otherwise. It's perhaps an,
0: an opportunistic or unintended trap. I think it's an unintended
1: yeah. trap um, okay. that might make you feel a bit queasy. Yeah, go a little bit crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to lick a lot of it to go a bit crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you yeah.
1: really okay. would. Okay. The- uh,
0: History Mysteries podcast does not... Uh, does not endorse the licking of <laughs> cinnabar. cinnabar on ancient barriers. Do not burials. lick cinnabar. <laughs>
1: Kids, don't do it. Don't, in fact, just don't lick ancient artifacts. I, I mean, mean, it's a sound yeah, it's it's a real. sound
0: life rule. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, okay, the third one of four. Mm-hmm. We have one in Vietnam from Anker. Cool. Uh, 11th century Baphon Temple, uh, built in the mountain style. There are two styles of temple that are okay. built, and one of them is a mountain style temple i'm assuming it's like a if you imagine like the step pyramid okay i imagine this it's basically like you know like cake layers so a big layer and then a small (laughs) and then a small layer built on top and then a small layer built on top almost kind of a pyramidoidical
0: pyramidoidical is that (laughs) is that supposition of yours based on firm historic research or the fact that you wanted to talk about cake
1: there was no desire to talk about cake. It is my, my reasoning based on the fact cake. that I can't... It's, the, it's, my, it's my cunning reasoning based on the fact that I can't think of how else it would be built, okay? <laughs> it wasn't built against a mountain, because yeah. it's on a flat plain. Uh, okay. And so I'm trying to think of what might look like a mountain. <laughs> okay. And so something that was built like that.
0: I follow you.
1: Okay, so I might be wrong very likely. So it was originally 50 meters tall. That's big. It is big. It is now 30 meters tall, which is 111 feet. Because in the 15th century,
0: 15th century,
1: (laughs) in the 15th century, it was taken over by Buddhists. Um, It was originally built as a Hindu temple and they stripped it of the tower at the peak and took down much of the sandstone that was used to construct it, and mm-hmm. they used it to build enormous reclining buddha at the back of the temple. However, when they removed the sandstone, they also removed what was holding back a large amount of sand. Uh, it was a layer of, now, I say laterite. Laterite sounds like... Uh,
0: sounds like a thing.
1: Sounds like a thing. It sounds like the way it might be pronounced rather than laterite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laterite I'd go with. Yeah. I'd go
1: with Latterite, okay. Which is uh, clay,
0: okay. and it was
1: used generally as a top layer in construction.
0: Right. Um,
1: In that area of the world. And that gave way, and the sand that it was holding back poured out, which destroyed the statue and that part of the temple. Hence it being smaller than it was.
0: Right, okay. So a booby trap, sandfall booby trap thing for crushing Like folks.
1: a fox. Like a false wall, sand trap, booby trap thing.
0: Buried alive.
1: How accurate do you think that is?
0: I mean, it's kind of crazy. Okay. Is it real? Well, it... It happened. It
1: happened. So in in that respect, it is indeed real. However... (laughs) Temples were actually built on a hollow base layer of laterites and then covered in sandstone. So... It like, wall, like wall construction. Mm-hmm. Think about Hadrian's Wall, you've got your outer blocks, and then you've got your inner court of rubble.
0: Gotcha. So, so we'd look, we're talking about a construction style where you've got sandstone, you've got a retaining layer of clay, and then the bulk of the wall is made up of sand. Yeah. Like compacted sand.
1: Compacted sand.
0: Makes a lot of sense.
1: Because it was also a heck of a lot easier and quicker, yeah. probably, than building out of loads and loads of stone.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, hoiking barrow loads of sand is easier than dragging sandstone blocks.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, again, we're just making suppositions about that, but that is, that is accurate. That is how these things were built. And so when the interior was filled with sand, then the next layer was built on top in the same way. Mm-hmm. And then the next layer was built on top in the same way. Very much like a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Okay, so that was repeated. Yeah. Okay, up to a tower at the top. So that just means that if you pill for the sandstone,
0: the weight of the sand might push the clay packing out. Uh huh. And yeah, so what? Oh, right, I get it. So the the, what we're saying is the Buddhists just didn't understand how the temple was built. They took away the wrong wall, and
1: (laughs) they basically took away the retaining. They took away the retaining wall. The sand pours out. Destruction, destruction, destruction.
0: Yeah, okay. And
1: so people are like, yes, BB traps do exist. Look at this. Look at this that Look happened. at these
0: monks that were buried in sand.
1: Yeah, look at this. It destroyed the temp- it destroyed X amount of feet of the just temple. A, and, it, a, and it was just like, no. It was no, just, it's a
0: lack of architectural understanding. It was understanding. basically <laughs>
1: like somebody taking the keystone out of a bridge. It was like, don't you, don't, uh, no, Why have you done
0: that? Now everything's fallen over. Now everything's
1: over. fallen yeah. down.
0: Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Not a trap.
1: We're not so we're not really feeling the whole booby trap thing at the moment?
0: No, no, other than other than the old Egyptian false walls, false doors, false legs, false floors
1: <laughs> Yes. False eyes. Yeah. So the last one that I want to look at is the Mausoleum of uh Shi Huang.
0: Okay, yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: So for those of you who don't know who Famous Emperor. Chi Shi Huang is, uh, famous Emperor and um, you'll know the terracotta army.
0: Yes, of course. Okay,
1: so this complex was about 600 sites covering, well, it's underground complex of around 60 square kilometres, and it's all been mapped in 3D. And I wrote down, to give you an idea of how big it is, the tomb covers an area that is one quarter the size of Beijing's Forbidden City. Now, <laughs> as far as... It's
0: not, it's not a traditional it's unit not a, of measurement, no, is it?
1: No, uh, no. Um, I mean,
0: traditionally... Things are either measured in football pitches or numbers of uh, the country Wales. That that those are those are the traditional units, I think. Okay. So, how many football pitches?
1: I don't know how big a football pitch is. Brilliant. So,
0: <laughs> we'll get back to you with that information. That,
1: okay? I might do a little like, a uh, little fact information for you about we've tried to, have to work it out afterwards anyway it's basically a subterranean city echoing the layout of the capital xinyang at the time okay but it's not been excavated for fear of traps
0: <gasps> i mean some of it's been excavated hasn't it
1: only the only the
0: only a little bit
1: only the about only a part of the courtyard of that that has around two thousand of the terracotta warriors in. Yeah.
0: There should be about
1: six thousand. It looks like, and it's all been three. It's all been three D. Yeah, it's
0: been scanned and scanned mapped. Scanned and hasn't mapped. It. Okay. But it's
1: not actually. None of it's been excavated. That's so cool. Apparently,
0: for fear of traps.
1: Yeah, Sima Qian. Q i a n.
0: Let's go with Qian. okay. Yeah.
1: Um, who was a historian from the Han Dynasty? so born about 145 BCE, mm-hmm. describes artefacts and valuables, scrolls, so forth, and says that the Yangtze and Yellow River were replicated using Quicksilver. Mercury. Using Mercury. So
0: That's it, very cool.
1: That is very cool, isn't it? And there were apparently crossbow traps in the tomb.
0: Wow. Yeah, now prop- we're getting to it. Proper
1: crossbow traps. And apparently the artisans who built the tomb, built these mechanisms and these traps and were buried alive. So cool. Buried alive in the tomb so they couldn't tell anybody how these things worked. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So that's what he says. Now, Common Sense says that they crossbow traps aren't going to work after 2000 no. years because of degradation, bacteria. Of all the
0: moving parts, rust. Yeah.
1: But an expert on the side, who historian Joe Jikun... I'm looking hopeful, says that it is possible that the traps are still active because chrome was used in the figures of the terracotta army, so the crossbows may have received similar protection.
0: And that's an interesting now, point.
1: The crossbows may have received protection, mm. but how on earth does that still work with the draw?
0: Yeah, they, they. well, okay, so for starters, the crossbows would have had to be entirely made of metal and then entirely chrome to prevent degradation of any moving parts that's technologically advanced it's not to say it wouldn't have happened but that's a hell of a major effort to go to yeah if you're if chroming is being used in a more decorative form but exactly as you say it's the it's the tension that the uh strings in effect the crossbow strings would have to be under presuming that Yeah, because I can't think of any other way, unless there was some kind of remarkable deadfall uh, system that fired them, you have to produce the forward motion of the bolt through tension in string or rope or whatever. And I cannot see that something can be held under tension for very long. I mean, actual crossbows you can't hold them under tension for, well, ideally more than a few seconds once they're loaded and cocked, yeah. or else it starts knackering it or putting the, the main arms under. Horrific strain. Yeah. And catapults and ballista and all of those, the bigger the machine, the the higher the level of uh, tension that they're under in order to propel the ammo, they just tear themselves apart.
1: So that just doesn't seem...
0: It doesn't feel very likely that they survive. <laughs>
1: But maybe there's more to it because I can't imagine an eminent historian who's an expert on the site saying that they might still be working unless mm. there was more to it. Than I, I would, I, don't I would know. like to
0: see that eminent historians working. Before yeah, I, come to I a do But if it,
1: if this person is an eminent historian, I'm not saying that they're not. Obviously, you no, know, please don't sue me. But you would hope that again that they'd have enough common sense to say well Mm. if this was how it is it's not going to work so maybe there's more information in the literature yeah i don't know but we don't have any sort of prior evidence we don't have anything to look at to say well these do work this is how it this is how it happens because these things don't exist so if they do this would be the only example that we have, therefore, it is completely speculative.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: The one thing that there is, however, is a deadly concentration of mercury
0: uh, from the depictions of the rivers.
1: Apparently so, but I mean, we know about we've been told about the rivers because of the historian. Mm-hmm. However, when archaeologists and geologists and whoever it, whoeverists have sampled soil around the sites, there are huge. Concentrations of mercury getting heavier and heavier and heavier and stronger and stronger the closer to the site. Right. Therefore, this kind of concentration of mercury suggests, in the yeah. in the soil suggests that there has obviously been yeah, leakage yeah. from mercury within. So that. Yeah,
0: but again, like like the uh, Red Queen, mm-hmm. um, that would. That's more of an an unintended or opportunistic trap. You
1: would think so, wouldn't it's, you? Because it's just contamination. It's, because it's contamination. It's yeah. not. You know, they if they replicated the two rivers in mercury, that was purely for
0: decorative, decorative yeah. visual
1: purposes. Over, super
0: expensive as well. Over
1: two thousand. Yeah, and he was a yeah an important dude. So over two thousand years, there's been seepage into the soil yeah, into yeah, just, the surrounding yeah ground, ground contamination so, yeah. you know soil contamination so there's not a purposeful trap yeah it's still a kind of a trap because it has prevented people from excavating yeah. and the chinese government have said until techniques get better there shouldn't be any there won't be any excavations because yeah i don't want pres- people like be because, scrubbing around in the soil because of the preservation issues but also because of the toxicity yeah but that's only the same in the way of going into a cave that has high levels of like sulf um that's got sulfur yeah. bubbling up and has toxic gas and whatever yeah. that's not
0: <laughs> i've worked on more than my fair share of sites where there's been asbestos <laughs> yeah. it's it's obviously it's on a much less grand scale but it's the same thing it's there is a contaminant that makes it dangerous to pursue archaeology is that a trap no no it's not no
1: it's not it's not it's absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm sorry to i'm sorry to have to tell you that but uh booby traps not so much a thing proper booby traps not so much a thing
0: no giant balls that are rolling at least. No
1: rolly balls. No okay. roly balls. So let's move on to some Nazis. Do yeah. I
0: cheer? No. Let's not cheer the Nazis. No. <laughs> they are the, they are the evil protagonist antagonists for the uh, of yes.
1: of the. So we are still really at the beginning of the film. However, we've had the we've had the roly balls traps ships, traps traps. I had it in my hands, bad Mm -hmm. times, boo, here, have some stuff. Then you've got the... um... (laughs) That's
0: such a great synopsis of the first, like, 20 (laughs) minutes of Raiders.
1: And then you've got the CIA, I guess. Um,
0: Yeah, some kind of secret secret intelligence intelligence
1: dudes. Come in and say, Hitler, he's after the Ark.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. What, what do they? What do they say? They say uh, the the Nazis have been going like going mad, sending expeditions, doing archaeology all over the world. Hitler's a nut on the subject. That's the exact line, I That's believe.
1: That's the line. So there we
0: go. So is Hitler a? Was Hitler was a? Was Hitler on a
1: nut for the occult? <laughs> this is
0: yeah. This is the question. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a difficult one because okay. So I think we're. I think we're going to descend into Jim's tangential exploration of the Nazi state. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I will very quickly say there was an SS unit called the Aninebe, Aninebe, yeah. Um created in 1935, tasked with finding evidence of a superior Aryan race and things that would help mm. the Nazis.
0: And I, th- I think that's key to the understanding is that all of the the vast majority, in fact, yeah, almost everything that was done by the third Reich by the Nazi regime officially in terms of archaeology was geared towards this was geared towards their ideology of the like primacy of the Aryan people and that that had a legitimate historic and a prehistoric there was evidence for it yeah. that this is this is not just a racist theory or ideology it is grounded in fact obviously it's total balls it's yeah. it's it can't be grounded in fact because there are no facts to find to support this yes it's not true pseudo-archaeology it basically. is yeah
1: yeah propaganda for nationalist pride yeah and using
0: as far as hitler's obsession with the occult again no not really yeah um he he made some references within certainly within mein Kampf which is obviously his seen as his sort of his policy statement Mm -hmm. for what would become... like a manifesto, Yeah, very much so. But really, those are taken from earlier um, influential groups, backers, the early backers of the Nazis, what, what have become known as the... what were known and are now famously known as the Tula Society, this incredibly racist group of very influential and rich people named for a fictional or mythological... Aryan homeland in the north, um, from which all good things in society ultimately sprung. Okay. So Hitler did take on some of their ideas and their ideologies and wrote about them, but actually the key figure is Himmler, not Hitler. Yeah. So Himmler, founder, founder of, in effect, the founder, founder of, the SS. of the SS. Well, yeah, he was, well, he was given, given command of the SS, and therefore the Annenerbe came under his purview. Yeah. Himmler now Himmler was more of an occult. Not yeah, really was. And actually Hitler kind of despaired a little bit of it, thought it was all just rubbish. But Himmler saw himself and the SS as like this ancient order of knights. Um he was obsessed with the idea like, of the, the Grail. Kind
1: of grail Teusonic Knight. Yeah, grail. very right.
0: much like that. And the Ananerba itself perhaps in more modern times through pseudo-archaeology, through fiction, various sources, games, films, TV, all of that, books, um, it has gained this reputation as being like the unit that would go out and conduct archaeology and look for the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, the Spear, the Spear of, of, De- of Destiny. Destiny, all of this sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas really... Thor- the Crown of Thorns. Yeah, the Ananerba were really a think tank. They were there they were mainly archaeologically and historically focused, but they were there to provide justification for the key policies of the Nazi regime. So the idea of Eastern expansion. There was there was a practical end to this. All they need what they what it was there for was to provide the justification after the fact for something horrific that they wanted to do. So the studies of the Annanerba were used retroactively to justify the expansion into Eastern Europe that this was historical Aryan homeland yeah so the idea of blood and soil Lebensraum all of these policies of Nazi Germany the ideological underpinning was formulated by the Annanerba but importantly after the policy had already been enacted so they're going back and looking for justification for something they already want to do yeah and critically as well, the research of the Annanerba was used to justify the Holocaust in many, many ways. Although, again, that was already quite... It was already
1: underway. It and,
0: was, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Audio policy.
0: So it's easy to see this uh, retro... From looking now, there's so much mythology been hung on the Nazis, Himmler, the Annanerba in popular culture. Yeah. But actually... The fact of the matter was, yeah, they did send out archaeological g- expeditions. They did fund them, and there were certain key individuals who were very tied up in the idea of the occult. But generally, it's about justifying their own mythology and their own policies at the time. That, that's that's more it. That's so sort yeah, of the it template. is. Yeah, and it, actually, the film, the Germans. The German are kind of the main antagonists in the film. The Oberst Dietrich, the colonel, and uh, Tote. Mm-hmm. Um, a Tote with his little burnt hand. Yeah, because um, <clears> of <throat> agents. Well, well, he's actually not. He's SD. So there's no Ananerba involved yeah. on the ground in Raiders, although that is generally what's supposed. It's um, Abwehr and SD, the Sicker Heitzdienst. Uh, which are the intelligence agencies Hmm? two of the intelligence agencies of what was a Byzantine complex of Nazi departments but the Abwehr were under the control of the army the SD were under the control of the SS so you've got two competing intelligence agencies represented and that is actually if we were to suppose that in 1936 the film's set I think
1: Mm -hmm. possibly
0: um, that if that if the Nazis in 1936 did mount an archaeological investigation in Egypt to which find the Ark... Which they didn't. Yeah, which, to find the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant. So if we say this was based... Then it probably would have been overseen by those kinds of people, yeah. by agents, by high-ranking member of the Abwehr, the, the military intelligence, and uh, kind of off to one side, a sturmbann of the sicker Heizdienst, Himmler's man, yeah. in the SD. Do you
1: know what the... what well, one of the worst things has been for me rewatching it. Wow, they're so much better at archaeology than Indy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're saying Belloc is a better archaeologist than Indian. Belloc Jones.
1: is an archaeo- a better archaeologist, but just the the way that the dig and that everything is organised. They've, they've got instruments. surveying instruments. They've got
0: they use local labour and they <laughs> they invest money into the local economy. Are we saying the Nazis were? Good. No, hell
1: no, no. we're not saying the Nazis are good. We're saying that in, in this, if you're looking at it in a completely kind of with no emotional attachment or anything, if you look at the archaeology of Indy and then you look at the archaeology that the Nazis were undertaking. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was actual archaeology. Uh,
0: well, OK, let's not let's not ascribe it to the, uh, the Nazis then, because okay, no yeah, one no, wants no. to say Nazis are good because they're not. Yes. But we ascribe it to Belloc. Yeah the french archaeologist
1: who's an actual archaeologist
0: yeah then he does do well what he does okay right at the start of the film yep. indy goes in and pl- tries to plunder a tomb yeah belloc went and spoke to the local tribe the, the local tribe and neg- peaceful negotiations of mean, access
1: or, no well he lied to them about what he was doing with the idol Not
0: well a little about,
1: bit yeah because he's taken it
0: yeah, but, so but, Belloc better Yeah, Belloc runs a dig. Like you say, it's got all of this um he's there constantly, he's walking around with his little gogs on, looking at rocks, yeah. uh, checking that he clearly knows his geology. Mm-hmm. So Belloc, good archaeologist.
1: Yeah. Just understand.
0: not a capital G good yeah. archaeologist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And at least he doesn't actually really like the Nazis, so that's
0: no, no. He's, that's he sell, a, sells himself out.
1: Oh yeah, he's totally sells himself out, but it's still a tick in his little compartment. Yeah. Anyway, God, that, that yes, yeah, uh, so that, that, that
0: that took a left turn. Oh, but yes. that was
1: a massive left turn. Uh,
0: so yeah, the my take on it, and there's there's a million takes because the uh, the sort of the mythology of the of Nazis, in particular Himmler's obsession with the occult, has bred this uh pseudo-archaeology through the 20th century. So, like I say, there is now a real perception in modern culture that ties the Nazis to finding great religious artefacts, of which the Indiana Jones film are quite a major part. Mm-hmm. But, in truth, while I'm sure if they were offered, say, this is the Ark of the Covenant, do you want it? They'd be like, yeah, cool, let's go and stick it in a secret room in Wavelsburg Castle and prance around it doing our rituals or whatever... They they were more concerned with doing things or inventing facts that proved the Aryan race was yeah. the noble, pure originator of culture. Yeah. That's that was their reason for being there.
1: Absolutely. It does from from what I was reading, it does actually look like the Nazi parties as a whole actually left Egypt alone, pretty much, as mm-hmm. far as archaeology went. Um the archaeological work was actually done by the institutes um that were already in Cairo and in Egypt. Yeah. The main sort of chap was Herman Juncker Juncker. Yeah. Who was an established archaeologist and uh-huh. actually just focused the bulk of his excavations for the party on the pyramids at Giza?
0: Yeah. I mean that's that's the that's the certainly at the time because of its prominence that's the honeypot site
1: yeah so that's pretty much yeah the that's pretty much the kind of
0: yeah and that work like that would have had almost no interest to the Ananerba.
1: no because it doesn't support their no kind of party policies really
0: no, no.
1: Their, their needs we've gone to Egypt and so we land in Egypt yeah in yeah Egypt and we're are... seamlessly segued oh pretty good really yeah. and we are in tennis
0: we are well we go to Cairo which, to we, meet know which we know exists yeah. so yeah that's a tick for the film that Cairo exists they've got that right yeah
1: and I have been to Cairo and it
0: yeah it is what it is isn't it, it, is what you, it is. yeah
1: and it is it's ver- for those who don't know how close the pyramids uh, the pyramids are to Cairo it's terrifying. You think they're out in the middle of the desert? They're not.
0: No, they're right the hell there, aren't they?
1: Yep, they are. They're kind of like, oh, look out your window. There's the pyramids. Yeah, it's real. Though it's odd. Yeah. Anyway,
0: but one of the important things for me is they say that the the Tanis dig is in the desert outside of Cairo in the film, mm-hmm. whereas I've always been under the impression that the Egyptian city of Tanis was further north, towards the Nile Delta. Yes. Yeah. Or into the delta, really?
1: Yeah. Um, so Tanis, real place. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly important. It was actually the seat of the pharaohs of the 21st and 22nd dynasty, mm-hmm. which is about twen- 10th century BC. Yeah,
0: yeah, somewhere around kind of that mark, isn't it? So it was
1: actually the seat of the pharaohs. So it was a massive seat of power, and the only reason that it actually stopped being the seat of power was because the the harbour dried up. <laughs> which yeah so yeah. they stopped being us trained so he had to move um, so it
0: wasn't swallowed by the desert it in wasn't a sandstorm swallowed by some kind of sans-
1: it, no it wasn't swallowed by a sandstorm it was just that there was no water yeah so they had to move so they moved yeah pretty much
0: <laughs> okay
1: however it is the site of the only intact egyptian pharaoh tombs. interesting so, all other tombs have been raided, plu- looted, plundered. I said, pl- I nearly said pluted. Um, Let's go with it. Yeah, they've all been pluted.
0: Those tomb pluters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so they've all at least been opened up and had people go in. However, I guess because it's out of the way of the where mm-hmm. people actually were, the tombs are still completely intact. Absolutely stunning. I've been to Cairo Museum and okay. I do not remember. And I had a tour and everything and apparently it's pretty much next to the to the one of the rooms where they have a lot of the stuff from Tutankhamun. It's quite next to where uh, the mask of Tutankhamun is. Okay. And so people just go straight past it. Mm. It is having looked at the funerary masks and um and so much of the 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 valuables and and i know that this isn't to do with the film but i'm just having to say that it, you should go and actually look at what was found at Tanis because it is absolutely spectacular it's um it rivals definitely rivals that of what was found in by carter
0: it is it's beautiful stuff i wasn't aware of it but yeah. uh uh, Had a look and it is absolutely stunning.
1: Okay, so uh, very quickly, let's. Um, the excavations were actually by a Frenchman, by Pierre uh, Montet, mm-hmm. and in
0: 1939,
1: which was the 11th year of the dig, that's when they uncovered these.
0: <laughs> so there was a dig ongoing in the late 30s yeah. at Tannis. At Tannis, <laughs> yes.
1: Whether Spielberg knew this or not, I do not know, but there yeah. was actually um, by a Frenchman. There's not much to sort of say about Tannis apart from the fact that it was gorgeous and mm-hmm. it was a place and yeah, so on. So in the film, there's this sort of well of souls.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the idea. Yeah. OK. I, I wanted to just uh, I wanted to I wanted to address Shishak. of you? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're going are you going to be addressing Shishak? I'm going do to you address wanna...
1: Shishak on my way to the to the ark.
0: Okay, cool. Let's let's put a pin in Shishak then.
1: You can probably tell me more about Shishak, but I've got um, a little thing about a little bit of knowledge about (laughs) Shishak. Tanis isn't actually mentioned in the Bible,
0: so it wasn't. It's yeah, so it's not considered to have been an important place when the books of the Old Testament were being compiled.
1: No, there's no well of souls at Tanis. That's actually that is only in Jerusalem. and if you don't know what the Well of Souls is, a little bit of a, a little factoid, it's part of a natural, part man-made, part natural cave inside the foundation zone, which in Islam is the noble rock,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is under the dome of the rock shrine on the Temple Mount. So. Oh,
0: that's fascinating.
1: Okay, so that's the Well of Souls. There isn't one in...
0: As far as we're aware. <laughs> well,
1: the whole thing has been executed and there is no Well of Souls. Yeah, okay. And the Well of Souls thing isn't actually...
0: It's been, it's been ported across well, from a, a thing that is somewhere else. It's a
1: totally different culture anyway. Yes. It's, totally, it's different It's different religion, different culture. It doesn't make any... It just doesn't... Yeah, yeah, it's nothing. So, was the Ark ever in Tannis? Well, Shishak...
0: Who mm-hmm. was oh, here we actually
1: Shoshenk the first.
0: Probably Sheshonk yes.
1: Shoshenk. Shoshenk.
0: Hey Let's call the whole thing off.
1: <laughs> and it is true that he did sack Jerusalem where the Ark was apparently kept.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, kept in so the temple. So the
1: whole thing is that the Ark was apparently sort of kept in Jerusalem. Now, yes, he did sack Jerusalem in the 10th century BCE mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But apparently, according to the Bible and everything else... Actually, the Ark was still in Jerusalem in 587 BCE because it was actually taken by the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. So you've got a counter-argument there that it was actually ever taken to Egypt because it was never in Egypt yeah. anyway. So you've actually got, I won't say like a historical fact, but we're talking about the Bible. So. Uh, well, <laughs> the thing
0: is, if your if your argument is based on... I mean, there are, there are other documents. There are other documents. There are other, <laughs> there are other inscriptions about shishak slash sheshonks um <laughs> conquest or at least raid into towards jerusalem and the lands of the israelites but it's largely based on descriptions within the bible as well then if you've would got if you got further text within the old testament or the torah uh talmud that counters that mm-hmm. then yeah, they kind of balance each other out don't yeah. they
1: so apparently the the ark was taken by the by the by the babylonians uh, do you know where it currently is apparently the ark mm.
0: well i know where the film says it is i don't know where uh, anyone else tells me it is well
1: apparently according to various like bible study websites
0: and things <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i i've
0: I've you've done you've you've really oh, gone, oh, down, gone down a hole I've, there a minute. Dr- yeah.
1: Dredged myself, yeah. Okay, apparently it is in Ethiopia, and it's oh,
0: at, of course
1: it is at the Church of Saint Mary of Zion. Yeah, in Ethiopia. This is one of those wonderful things. Apparently, there is only ever allowed to be one guardian, yes, who can lay eyes on it, and that guardian says and is allowed to and watches over it, and then that guardian dies, and then somebody else takes over, and only one person is ever allowed to see it, and they're not allowed to leave. Therefore. There is no one to confirm anything.
0: Ah, oh, we don't like that, do we? But I like the idea of it being in Ethiopia. Right. I, I have heard that before. Is this is this to do with the rock cut churches? Is it part of that complex, I, I, the Lalibela complex? I'm not
1: sure. You're the one who has much more knowledge about hmm. this kind of thing and about the ark. I mean, I don't really know anything about the ark.
0: Yeah. So, okay, yeah. So the ark, the ark of the covenant. I
1: know um, it's supposed to
0: hold the Ten Commandments. Yeah, the 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 box, the actual the actual Ten Commandments. Didn't you guys ever go to Sunday school? No. Um <laughs> Um So the description of the Ark of the Covenant as as a thing, I'd say it's the film gets it pretty
1: right. Well, there you go. But
0: the the thing is that it's probably it's quite an easy thing to get right because there is there's a really quite a good description of it in the Bible.
1: Oh is there? What does it say? Do it it
0: says know? it's it's this wide by this long by this tall it actually gives dimensions how big is it uh i can't remember off the top of my is head it? it's in like is it big cubits or something oh, God. um but it, it's decent size okay. it, Yeah, it's got to be it's got two great big stone slabs in it that's true enough. oh well three because at least one of them's broken maybe both of them but i can't remember i don't think it matters um <laughs> t- 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 <laughs> <laughs> um and I've seen the end of the film. And it is it's covered in gold, gold, or gilt. It's gilted like gold leaf as well. So that's right. God,
1: that seems so impractical, but
0: okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's an important artifact. Okay. Um okay. and it's got two cherubim on top of it, which it has in the film. So mm-hmm. it's a lid. Cherubs are not they're not little nappies with bowed and nappy wearing babies with bows
1: no no they look like sphinxes with, uh, yeah like, they're, they're they're, kind of, yeah
0: like as in old well, school, wa- old, old, school old
1: school fire and brimstone warriors yeah
0: one of the orders of angels yeah, yeah so you know big spears yeah um so the depiction in the film is actually pretty good yeah of it's what basically, it may look it's more yeah. ornate i'd imagine oh, but absolutely yeah and it is it's incredibly it was an incredibly important artifact it is it is the chest that they carry the word of God in mm-hmm. um, that the early Israelites, um, before settling in Canaan, during their wanderings, they carried it around. It was stored. Whenever they rested, it would be placed within the tabernacle, within a special section of the tabernacle, which was like a tent. So in effect, what they had while they were in exile... The tribes had a mobile temple. I was
1: going to say it's like a little portable temple. It
0: is. It's a portable temple, <laughs> and it it acknowledges uh, within the beliefs uh, common at the time. It, it's very familiar to, very similar, sorry, to the uh, to like Egyptian temples, which obviously weren't portable. They were huge and made of stone. But you had the ark where the god physically was thought to live an embodiment of the god temples
1: you often have you have the the, room don't you
0: like this holy of holies Mm -hmm. which is what the ark effectively represented within this section of the tabernacle so it's like they're carrying they are carrying their god with them because these come from the mountain the word is there so you can appreciate why it had such power now that picture of it firing Lightning, fire, power of God or something. (laughs) Um, Which
1: is awesome and the kind of melting face. Oh, it's great.
0: I I don't need
1: to jump into the end of the film pretty (laughs) well here. Uh,
0: I don't know anything, any depictions or descriptions of the arc that ascribe it that kind of cinematic power. But
1: I see, I did read something and I can't, this it's is really, I didn't write it down. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it was, it was incredibly important. So in the Bible, certainly it, it pops up now and again, they carry it ahead of them. They do carry it ahead yes. of them. And they I, d- carried I get the feeling it that
1: maybe it was described as having that kind of power in maybe poetry or other literature, very much like sort of Arthurian legends and so on. Yeah, they yeah, they, they, on. They,
0: the legends accrete yeah. over time. Yeah. Um, but perhaps the most famous incident of the, of the ark being it was carried at the head of the procession that circled the walls of Jericho every day for seven days and then Joshua blew his horn and the walls fell down. So it's part of the ritual of, the, of this supernatural victory of the Israelite tribes over Jericho.
1: Did it part some waters?
0: It did, yeah. So it, they, it also the the priests carrying it at one point. I can't remember which river, but it it um the waters dried up for the period of the crossing of this river. I thought so. because they yeah. carry by as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched it, the waters receded. Yeah. So it is a it is dis- it is ascribed supernatural powers. It is the focus of religion, and it is carried at the head of processions. So you can see where all yeah. of it kind of adds up. Did
1: the Annanurba ever actually go after the Ark? Cause no, I know that they went after. There were three things. There was the crown of thorns, the spear, and there was something else. Not,
0: was, not to my knowledge, no. So,
1: and I'm, I couldn't find anything that said that they went for the. Um, they went after the Ark.
0: I think even the spear of Longinus stuff is a bit sketchy and yeah. has been much inflated. Because you've got to remember that the these are Judeo-Christian artifacts, and the Nazi state did not have truck with Christianity in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think we need to go into an exploration of what the Nazi state thought of Judaism. So it's it would not be within it would not be a high priority, is my feeling Mm -hmm. for the Ananerba, the SD What
1: do, what did they actually are there any famous Not things? really
0: no they, con- they conducted excavations to produce evidence that the yep. that the earliest Proponents of cultured society were these Aryan god men,
1: which is why there was some truck with the Egyptology because of the hierarchy of the pharaohs and the way that the pharaohs ruled over as a basically a dictatorship.
0: Yeah, well, as a religious and secular figure, because the gods, the pharaohs were god kings. Yeah, so which is there what, was an interest. So there, there was an
1: interest there, but that's kind of where it stops, I think. I really? guess, Yes. For them, it's kind yeah. of like. We will accept doing this because it aligns with our. Yeah. It aligns with our needs.
0: They would not want to demonstrate that power resided somewhere else, even historically, particularly historically. There, the foundation myth of like Ultima Tula, this fabled land or Hyperborea, as it's known in Greek myth. Mm-hmm. Is in the far north. Yeah. So culture and the god, the Aryan godmen emerged from the far north and gave culture out. So they would not want to necessarily identify themselves with the Egyptian pharaohs unless, to to a huge degree, unless they could demonstrate that Egyptian culture had its origin. Had
1: it, its origin in the elsewhere. far north yeah. in this
0: ancient society who, yeah, who, who spread to the it's south. Really,
1: it's fascinating stuff. It is it fascinating, is. actually. So, I mean, we're going to have to move on, yeah. unfortunately, because otherwise... Oh, you know. we're running...
0: We're This is running long already, okay. but it's fine. But,
1: um, I just very quickly, because this is something that I learnt, and, you know, I'm going to share my learning.
0: Love a fact.
1: History. Reading hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. So, Indy always reads them from right to left.
0: Oh, he does, doesn't he, in yep. the, when he's in the, uh, yep. the map room?
1: Yep. He reads from right to left, and that's because um, sort of Aramaic, Arabic,
0: mm.
1: so forth, read from right to left. And visually, it makes it look like he knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, that's it really, it's, isn't it?
1: That's pretty much what I think. It's kind of like, he's right- reading it from right to left, so it makes it look like he knows he knows something. Mm. Like, if he read it from left to right, you'd be like, uh-huh, whatever. But because he's reading it from right to left, it makes him look intelligent. and Yeah. Mm, not so much so actually hieroglyphs were generally read top to bottom yeah but they can also be read right to left or left to right (laughs) generally speaking they're read they're they're read in columns down but you either go across or you go the other way and do you know how to tell which way to read them
0: i do not know no
1: very very cool so you always read upper symbols before lower symbols if there is an animal, the way that the animal is facing. So, if the animal is, say, facing to the left, you start reading at the left. If the animal or person is facing to the right, you start reading from the right to the left. So, whichever it makes all way the that, sense, whichever it? way that nose is facing, is pointing where you it's pointing to where you start. So, you always look at which way that they're facing, and that will tell you which direction. That's again. so cool. I thought that, that was cool. Well,
0: because Indy starts right to left, but then he does go up and down and across, doesn't yeah. he, to find the thing. So it's right in clever. club, and we've 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 dunked on him quite a bit. But it is worth saying he has a little notebook. He makes measurements. I, he actually, does all of that.
1: Th- hold on, hold on. I'm I'm just I'm dipping down, dipping down. I'm down here. Sorry, you can probably still hear me. I've actually written down in my notes watching the film. A good archaeologist always has a notebook.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and to be honest, and he takes all his measurements, and he must transfer the scale in his head because then he goes above ground and he gets onto a little level. It's not a theodolite, I don't think. I think it's just a level, which is bizarre. I mean, it means that he is an excellent and intuitive surveyor because I do a lot of survey, and my God, how quickly he manages to translate that from the map room up onto land Mm -hmm. and figure it out just by turning a level to one side. That is stunning. I'm I'm choosing to that we don't see the other work that he does figuring it all out, but... Because we dunk on him a lot, let's give him that.
1: We will give him that. We will give him that. So we're pretty much we've talked about everything really. Yeah, we've done all the key So We're now at the end of the film.
0: Yeah. Quick aside: there is no record that the Ark melts faces.
1: (laughs) Damn it! So it doesn't say that in the Bible.
0: No. P.S. (laughs) P.S.
1: Don't open it.
0: It melts 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 your face. Yeah. No, because no, if it did say that, that would make Belloc a very poor researcher.
1: <laughs> oh God. Yeah. But the melting faces is pretty cool. So yes, at the end of the film. Oh, iconic, like, isn't it? Yeah. Where Where is it? It's like it's.
0: Yeah, it's safe. It's, it's somewhere
1: uh, safe.
0: Top men.
1: And you've got this wonderful, I don't know, like a visual image of this guy kind of whistling, yeah. tape with this cut with like kind of pushing this crates. And it pans back and you just see It's
0: so cool.
1: So many. Yeah. So I'm guessing that it's it's pretend. it's basically kind of suggesting because obviously this is made very much postcode this is Kind of post Cold War mm. that it's um, a, well, yeah, well, it's yeah, kind yeah. of it was right at right the, end. In the end of the Cold War. Yeah, so the, and this is kind of indicating about Area Fifty One, I guess. It's it almost is almost like a Hangar Fifty One. It's
0: it's that sort of theme, isn't it? It's the it's tapping into this idea that governments and other shadowy organisations have the capacity and do make things just disappear, disappear
1: which is the base of the conspiracy theory
0: at the base of almost every, every conspiracy, conspiracy theory, theory, theory isn't it? that, that they like, know something they know
1: something that we don't and they're hiding something Yeah. and we need to find <laughs> out the truth
0: yeah and um, just before anyone indicates that that warehouse shows back up again in a later Indiana Jones film
1: we don't believe it what what we
0: don't know what you're talking about that film does not exist no do you know how to remember what what the Crusade which crusades are which because no. they're like Indiana Jones films gone yeah okay nod to some of our friends who are actual real academics. But yeah. So the first crusade, completely unanticipated success that spawned a franchise of uh, diminishing returns.
1: Yep, okay. <laughs> I love it.
0: Second Crusade, went somewhere different, was surprisingly racist even by the standards of the times.
1: <laughs> oh man, brilliant.
0: Third Crusade, uh, they managed to get all the big names to turn up. It was basically an almost a clone of the first cru- of the first Crusade. Mm-hmm. Fourth Crusade, even though we don't acknowledge the existence of the film. Absolute cluster. Yeah. Absolute. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolute disaster. Only existed as a way of trying to relive the glories of the first couple of the Crusades and was entirely managed by the funders.
1: Amazing. Well, that's a really good way of remembering And there it
0: is, is it. a fifth film coming out. There is a fifth film coming which, out. Which, if that holds true, if the Fifth Crusade gives us a clue, then the fifth film will be Um, for children no no it'll be a kind of random meander around archaeological sites Um, a small success that reminds us of the earlier installments in the franchise and then an abject failure and a running home very quickly
1: and I think that's entirely, entirely <laughs> likely. So that's where we end. We will not talk about artifacts in Area 51 and no. stuff because, let's be honest. That's,
0: that's a whole series of podcasts. Actually, right there. No,
1: but is it really? Because it's all, it's really based on t- alien technology and stuff. It's really not, I, there's not much. History. Ah,
0: but as soon as you start talking about area 51 you have to start talking about like the great book in the library of congress and all of the you, you have to start going into american historical conspiracies this
1: will not be one um,
0: that i will be doing whoa <laughs> okay
1: so yeah that's that's pretty much where it finishes the ark of the covenant gets wheeled off and hidden in america because woo america
0: yeah and that's where it lives, to this very day. <laughs> to
1: this very day. None of that Ethiopian nonsense.
0: Yeah, I, I choose to believe it is in Ethiopia, and they've got it right, and we're just cynical.
1: Okay. So, yeah, there we go.
0: Fabulous. I really enjoyed that as a romp through a film we love.
1: Yeah. It was a really good excuse to watch, a, watch films we love as well. Yeah. Um, there um, there might be films that i don't love so much but that's um <laughs> but there's also i was thinking about um the fact that we could do tv how good would it be to maybe take a look at the uh, couple of episodes of the series about the money pit which could lead, uh, we could do uh, about that, and that yeah. could kind of lead us on to talking about the money pit
0: Yeah, I think that's that's it's that almost like a that kind of crossover. thing might be nice. a kind of
1: crossover there. So I think I might have a look at that. But yeah, I really enjoyed that, and it's so nice to be back. It's lovely and, to be back. Um, isn't it? It's kind of sad to find out that really sinister booby traps don't actually exist in real archaeology. But oh, hey, well, you know,
0: we just haven't found them. We just yet. haven't
1: found them yet.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right, back next time with an In The News.
1: Yep, which you're doing. Oh, yeah. I'm just reminding you.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're going to lead on that. So, and then after that...
0: A deep dive.
1: Oh, there will be a deep dive. Do um, we know what it's going to be about?
0: We do, but we'll hold it back as a secret tease for next Ooh,
1: time. Oh, what a tease with his giant balls.
0: No, that's that's not a way to sign off. <laughs>
1: Well, it kind of is actually. It's been a while. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye.